Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to another episode, episode 109 of the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Oh, it is definitely great to be here. That's all I can say. Yeah, both, you know, we're, we're, we're starting this uh, a little bit late. Uh, we normally record on Tuesdays. Today is Thursday. Both of us got struck with the plague, sinus pressure, headache, just down for the count uh, on Monday night. And then uh, I was feeling a little better. I, I could have probably done the podcast on Tuesday, but Pastor Nick was yeah, not. You never yeah. know. Jesus said two's better than one. That's amen to that. Amen to that. And so... Uh, a couple quick announcements. Uh, as you guys know from the previous podcast, we are in the three weeks of affliction. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun when we say it like that. Um, it is the the three weeks between the ninth. Uh, I'm sorry, the the Tamu 17, which is the golden calf incident, and the ninth of Av, which uh, commemorates the destruction of both temples. Uh, it is a time to be vigilant and sober, aware, pressing into God, into the scriptures, and into prayer. Uh, because there is uh, a spiritual battle going on for sure, and during Absolutely. and during this time, uh, historically, we know that a lot of things have gone down. So, uh, we as uh, Beit Tehillah community are having a service uh, this weekend for the ninth of Av. The ninth of Av actually starts on the evening of the ninth, Friday night, uh, and goes uh, obviously all day of the Shabbat. And we are having a ninth of Av service uh, in solidarity with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Absolutely. It's a tradition, and it's uh, customary to read the Book of Lamentations mm. and to, of course, reflect uh, also on all of the persecution that the Jewish people, um, of course, receive from Christianity, from Christians or the church. And so we are going to be repenting of all that Christianity has done against the Jewish people, uh, going all the way back, like I said, to 70 AD or whatever. But anyway, we are going to be repenting for that on behalf of Christianity. And uh, then we're, of course, going to be repenting and um, bringing awareness to anti-Semitism that is very rampant today. So once again, you have to choose sides. You know, I choose the Jewish people, the chosen people. I've done my own study. Uh, the Jews are the chosen people, folks. And the Bible is very clear that God has a people. And we are, of course, coming out of the nations. We are, we are Gentiles. And, of course, as we are grafted in, we are part of the Commonwealth of Israel as well. But once again, God does have a people. Uh, we're not going to get into all the, the scripture references or the proof of that, but it's pretty, pretty evident. You know, uh, they're the only people to actually come back to the homeland and to receive and be restored like no other uh, to the land of Israel. So once again, this is this is playing out. And uh, and of course, uh, it, we get to be a part of it. So uh, once again, that's what we're going to be doing. And then at the end, we're going to be, of course, having celebratory worship. We'll be praising the Lord uh, for what he's going to do in the future. Amen. No, it's going to be awesome. So if you're in the local community here around Beit Tehila, please uh, just show up. Uh, if you're not, then uh, then we're going to be live streaming that service, and uh, we would love to have you in our live streaming audience for that service so that you can participate, get some friends together, uh, watch the service. Uh, I personally use a, a, a Roku, but I know you can do this with Apple TV or a Fire Stick or you know the Amazon television, um, you know Fire. 
Uh, and so what you can do with those is you can go to YouTube and then usually you can cast the YouTube onto your TV. And so that's how we do it at home. If like if we're ever sick or maybe we're out of town and we can't make it to the Shabbat service, uh, we spend our Shabbat watching the service uh, online. And it's just a great way to do it so that, you know, you can kind of sit with a group and, and still praise and worship together uh, and experience the Sabbath rather than just, you know, being a spectator of somebody else experiencing the Sabbath. So I encourage you guys to do that. Uh, also, um, you know, you guys know our, our resources online. You know our social media platforms. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole bit. And you can also um, go to our website at topraise.net. And if you want to reach out to me uh, or Pastor Nick, you just email me at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at topraise.net. All right, let's jump into the Torah portion for this week. We are studying the Torah portion Devarim. We're kicking off the book of Deuteronomy. Devarim means words. Um and it can be found in the book of Deuteronomy, starting in chapter 1 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 3 and verse 22. Wow, that was awesome. You know, the uh, the good thing about the book of Deuteronomy, it's the book of remembrance, you know. And so this particular book is broken up into four parts, uh, not like the book of Numbers, which was three parts, and Leviticus was two parts. So once again, the book of Deuteronomy is broken up into four parts, and this is so relevant for today. Also remember that these are the words of a man who's not going into the promised land. I would say these are the last words of a dying man. Uh, Very important. So once again, book of remembrance, Deuteronomy. We have chapters one through four, uh, basically is a remembrances of the past. It goes all the way up to verse uh, 43, uh, chapter four, verse 43. And then we get into chapter four, verse 44. The second part is the commandments for the present. So commandments for the present. That goes all the way to chapter 26. And then, of course, we have the third part of the book of Deuteronomy, options affecting the future. So once again, we are reflecting on a book that's 3,500 years old. So chapters 27 through 30 are options affecting the future. Uh, Chapters 31 to 34 are the parting words of Moses, the parting words of Moses. Very interesting as we look at those last four chapters 31 through 34, I uh, held the hand of the great patriarch, uh, Pastor Randy, my father-in-law, and he said to go forward, go forward. Those were his last words to me that he spoke to me. So almost 17 years later, I am going forward. Amen. Ryan's going forward too. Amen. So once again, there's the four parts of the book of Deuteronomy. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you understand that, that it is relevant for today, everyone. Stop and look around. Stop and look around at what's going on in this crazy, crazy world. We serve a God of order, and Torah is his constitution. So let's go ahead and kick off with a reading with Ryan. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, and this is Israel at Horeb. Here we go. These are the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan, in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizhab. There are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according unto all the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Sehon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Ashtaroth in Edre, on this side Jordan in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, 
Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto in the plain, in the hills and in the vale, and in the south and in the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites and unto Lebanon, unto the great river and the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. You know, once again, this is the book of remembrance, and uh, it's important to know the time frame here. Uh, the beginning of Deuteronomy is actually taking place in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month. Wow. In the 11th month, on the first day of the month. So they're, they're approaching Pesach or Passover. So once again, this is going to be uh, early spring, close to early spring. Uh, you're looking at February, March. And in Deuteronomy 1.13, it says, Take you wise men in understanding and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. Once again, this is all about the power of delegation. It's all about leadership. You know, it can't be a free for, free for all out there, folks. You have to have leadership. You have to have delegated responsibilities. No, no, notice it says wise men. They have common sense. Uh, they have understanding. They're known among your tribes. They have a reputation. They're just some, you know, new new kid on the block. And he says, and I will make them rulers over you. And this is what uh, Moses is actually establishing. He goes on to, to set up these captains. He calls them captains divided among the people. They will be leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So it's kind of like a delegated uh, responsibility there on the amount of people that you get. I thank God that for, for me, I'm, I'm barely hundreds. If you say 200, I would hit that mark. So hundreds or 100, 200. But think about a mega church or, or a big organization, you know, that would be a leader of thousands. You know, so many people speak against the, uh, the, the mega church, but the, but the bottom line is that there's, there's different groupings of people. There's larger groupings, smaller groupings. There's people, probably some of you are just a handful of people, maybe like we, we've discovered from Norway. But you know what? You, you have to have leadership. Somebody needs to be the leader, establish a facilitator or something, you know, it's so important. I've seen so many times where there isn't a leader. i uh, tell you a quick story. I had a gentleman call me and he was having a, uh, a Bible study about the Torah portions in his home. And so he began to invite people over. He felt led to share this great truth and this great news, you know, and, and around, I'll tell you the story because he was sharing it. And, uh, and then of course people started coming in and, and, uh, next thing you know, they were hijacking his, his little Bible study. He just wanted to do the Torah portion and people came in there and just kind of took it over. And basically, uh, you know, he, he, he kind of lost his little Bible study there. Uh, people would come in and, and come up with uh, other things and other ideas or whatever. And so I asked him, I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, who's supposed to be facilitating this or leading this? He goes, well, I just thought I would bring some people together. And, you know, I said, well, you know, uh, rule number one is that there has to be a leader, a facilitator. Someone has to be in charge of the, of, of, of the, of what you're trying to accomplish. And then I told him second of all, and for those of you that are listening, this is some advice for some of you. I said, I need you to create an outline for what you want to accomplish as you all come together. You're the facilitator, you create the outline and you, you just give it to them, you know? So basically, like I said, if you put on the outline, you're the facilitator, this is what we're going to accomplish. We're going to discuss and read the Torah portion you know, no one can come in there and hijack it and go into bunny trails or discuss other things. And then, of course, you can set up your guidelines as well. So that's advice for some of you that are listening. Uh, once again, I've given this advice more than once. 
But uh, it's so true. It's so true. You know, when Yeshua came the first time, he looked out over the people, Ryan. He said, I feel sorry for them, for they have no shepherd. Yeah, for sure. You know. Well, and, and if you look at, at the model that Paul and the apostles held, um, you know, they weren't just folks that, uh, obviously the internet didn't exist back then, so they would travel, but they didn't just travel, lay the message of Jesus Christ on a group of people, and, you know, flip their whole world upside down, you know, spiritually, and then leave them because that would have been detrimental to them. And that's what we see a lot in this movement is that people will go or they'll start watching ministries. They'll bring some people together to learn about stuff, but nobody wants to be in charge. Nobody wants the accountability of being in charge. Uh, or there's so many people that want to be in charge that nobody can get anything done. And so, um, you know, I would encourage just like Pastor Nick is saying, the the model that Paul used was he started communities. Um, and a community is not just about studying, you know, specific topics, right? We talk about the Hebrew roots, but you know, how about the gospel? How about the whole bit, right? Um, and creating communities so that you can invite people into that community and your community can grow from there. You can eventually end up with a place to meet outside of the home and that you can grow into a community because people out there, especially those of us that are in the Hebrew roots are in desperate need of a place to go and express their faith alongside people that are experienced in this movement, because there's a lot of bunny trails that people can take left turns. They'll take them down trails that are not good. And we all know what they are. And so it's important to have those communities in place for people to have a place to go. And, and if you are, are starting a community or if you are working on it or you would like to and you want to connect with other people, um, send us an email, ryan at topraise.net. We would love to help you, provide you resources, guidance, you know, whatever it is that you need, we'll get it to you. And, you know, once again, you know, I, I'm a strong component or believer in church government. You know, you have to have things in place, uh, policies and procedures and different things, because uh, that's what Paul was sharing when, when he was actually an apostle going around starting these churches, right? Uh, which means, uh, you know, means called out ecclesia, uh, called out ones. And so once again, he was like an apostle. He was the apostle Paul. And so he would go and start churches and everything. And he would even say it in one reference, as soon as I leave, wolves are coming in. You know, uh, we've been very fortunate at Bait to Heal it, not to have a lot of riffraff or a coup or anything like that, only because we have leadership. We have checks and balances. It's kind of like the government of, of America, of the United States of America. You know, there's three branches, you know, and you got your commander in chief, but the commander in chief can't just do whatever he wants. He, he's got to go through Congress and there's Senate and the House. So think about that, everyone. And, and it's interesting, too, if you think about the fivefold ministry and all these other things that Paul was setting up. Ryan, if you're just out there freelancing, you have none of this set up. Yeah, no, for sure. You, you have no bishop, you have no apostle, you have no, you know, you don't, you don't really have anything. So anyway, we're going to move on here. So once again, Moses was in charge of hearing the difficult cases among the people. Now, I know he didn't have very much time to do that, but as they were getting this established and setting this all up, uh, I'm sure that he was, he was hearing some cases this last month of his life. In Deuteronomy 1.17. Now, of the original adults who left Egypt, only Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, uh, of the tribe of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Nun, from the tribe of Ephraim, were allowed to go into the land. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 36 and 38. So once again, those were the only two that were actually able to go into the land. So these two witnesses, these two examples, uh, were not only in Egypt, but they went into the wilderness and they are going into the promised land. For those of you that are listening to this podcast, that's a picture of you. This is a picture of all those that are natural born, that are, that are Jews, and those, of course, the natural branches, and of course, those that are the wild branches, 
the Gentiles coming out of the nations. You know, we've all been in the world. We've come out of the world. Uh, we're, we're in the wilderness, which is a place of empowerment, but we are going into the promised land. And what that looks like is going to be amazing because once again, his promise is the Greek word epigelia. It means a divine assurance of good. So two different groups of people receiving the inheritance and the promise, Ryan. That is so good. Now, Moses was, of course, not allowed to go into the land of promise. My. You know, um, it is sad. You know, I actually had the opportunity to go to Mount Nebo and sit up on top of that mountain the very view that Moses would have had. And I could see, you know, uh, I could see the land of Israel. Man, I just kind of cried. You know, this was back in the 90s. And I thought, wow, I got to go into the promised land and Moses didn't. So how cool is that? Yeah. You know, and actually this particular park is where they have a, uh, they have this uh, structure up of the brazen serpent. So it's kind of interesting how this all plays out. Mount Nebo, an incredible place to go. Beautiful park. Now, the little ones among the children of Israel were allowed to enter the land of promise. Isn't that interesting? What hope we have for the next generation, amen? What hope we have for our children and our youth that, hey, you have to teach them who they are so they know where they are and where they need to be. Now, you know, the, the thing is, though, when the children of Israel act presumptuously, uh, you know, to go up into the land, when they act presumptuously, uh, the Amorites came against them and chased them like bees, you know, um, they destroyed them in Seir and even unto Hormah. You know, interesting, we had a pecan tree that broke apart and the big limb fell and there's honeybees inside this tree. It's interesting, you know, uh, honeybees all inside this pecan tree that had broken and was hollow in the middle. So don't act presumptuously, you know. Uh, I talk about living in Israel, you know, it's everything's God's timing, you know, because if you don't do things right in the land of Israel, it literally will spit you out. Uh, many people have packed up and gone to Israel only to return back to the states. So once again, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a problem for the Lord to solve. It's not a, it's not our problem. It's something for Him to resolve. But think about it. Think about if you could live forever in the land of Israel. Think about it. Jerusalem is the ground zero. It is the epicenter. Think about Jerusalem. Everything is about Jerusalem, Ryan. Even in the news. You know, I just got done reading this book by Carl Gallup's called Ground Zero. It was really, really good about laying out this particular premise. Uh, think about it. Yeshua suffered, died, and was buried there. His ministry was there. He's going to come back to the Mount of Olives. What are we doing in Brandon? Yeah. There's nothing happening here. What's, what's going on here? Well, we're gathering people to take over there. This, this is then... it. So once again, you know, um, leading back to the uh, question that we have here, why is it important to have delegated leaders in obedience to God's plan in the last days. What do you think about that, Ryan? It's kind of twofold, uh, delegated leaders and obedience you know, to God's plan, to oh, his plan. Oh, yeah. Not you know, just a blind obedience. It's interesting. I'm going uh, I'm going through this with my business right now, right? When I started, uh, I was just a one-man show, and I did everything. And, you know, I may be, you know, I may perceive myself as being pretty talented, but I, I can't do everything. I just can't. I just don't have the time in the day and I will hit a roadblock at some point. And so what that means is that I limit the number of people that I can serve in my business. Well, the same thing happens in church and ministry and communities of any kind, any organization, is that one person can't do everything. Uh, and so it's important to have people that are entrusted and equipped uh, to do tasks and to take care of certain Absolutely. things. And so uh, it's very important because what you do is when you in increase the number of people that are able to, to handle things, now all of a sudden... Everybody does can do more, and so rather than 
you know, it being, you know, let's say that I can get 10% of, of the organization's potential if I do it by myself. Well, now I can do 50% with two people, right? Or 100 or 150%, you know, with, with three people or four people. It increases exponentially when you add delegated leaders. That's awesome. That is good. I mean, think about it, everyone. I mean, you know, there's the 12 tribes, right? 12 princes from each tribe. Now we're going to get into Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to have Ryan read that. This is the journey in the wilderness. Just a little bit of a foundation here, a little intro for the journey in the wilderness. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. All right, let's read it. It says, Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward, and command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land. No, not so much as a footbreadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession." Ye shall buy meat of them for money, they may, they, that ye may eat, and ye shall also buy water of them for money, that ye may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. And when, uh, and when we passed by from our brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, through the way of the plain from Elat, and from uh, Ezion Gaber, uh, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, neither contend with them in battle, for I will not give thee their land for a possession, because I have given... Uh, are unto the children of Lot for a possession. So once again, while they were journeying, God had them avoid a family conflict. Isn't that interesting? We, we have this term called friendly fire. Well, we are not to fight our family. We are not to fight relatives. Amen. And uh, this is where you had, of course, the uh, the civil war in America. Uh, brothers had to fight brothers and, and it was pretty bad. So once again, the children of Israel were to avoid and not fight the children of Esau, which are, of course, the Edomites. And, of course, uh, we have the Moabites, which is, of course, Lot's descendants. And, of course, the Ammonites, which are also Lot's descendants. Remember, Lot had two daughters. She had children by Lot. Of course, there we have it. Uh, and once again, he said that uh, to avoid them and not fight them. Avoid them because they're related to you. I thought that was very interesting, you know. So once again, the Edomites, the Moabites, and the Ammonites. So once again, uh, Esau, who's of course the uh, twin of Jacob, who came out first. Uh, don't fight the Edomites. And then, of course, don't fight the Moabites or the Ammonites. These are the descendants of Lot. Uh, very interesting. I find that very, very interesting. You know, uh, once again, we move on here. All the men of war died in the wilderness, 20 and up. Imagine that you're waiting for the last guy to die. Just think, you know, you're going to die. Yeah. You know, and I, I tell you, Ryan, I, I, I saw this little, this little scene playing out. What would you tell your children? Hey, dad and mom are not going to make it. Dad's not going to make it. Yikes. Yeah. But you're going to go into the promised land. This is God's promise. Yeah, you tell them, go what for a it, pep right? talk yeah. you would tell them. You know, I'm not going into the land. You know, uh, it, it's just like when Pastor Randy passed away, you know, uh, he handed me the keys uh, to the, 
you know, to, to the vision. And I took it for a spin and, uh, and it was fun because, you know, we, we had the modular and everything and it was great, you know, but then it was like, okay, we got to do the building fund. And because of people's giving, now we have a beautiful sanctuary, a beautiful piece of property. And, uh, and that's where we're at. And now it's like, you know, that big burden was lifted off of me that, Hey, you know, we, we've arrived to this place of fulfilling the vision, having a place to actually fulfill the vision. But Ryan, we are moving on. Yeah. You know, there's, there's five steps. I want to share this with those of you that are listening. This is a little, uh, little motivational speech for you, a little pep talk for you. I'll be your motivational speaker today. Uh, something I've learned is very interesting. It's called five steps and it's about a dream or a vision. And of course, the first step is, of course, a dream or a vision. And then the next step is to take a leap. So step number two is taking that leap. And we've taken quite a few leaps here at Bait Tehillah. Uh, step number three is where it gets a little dirty, gets a little nasty. It's called fighting. You got to fight. So you, of course, have a dream and a vision, number one. Number two, you got to take that leap. You got to take that step. Step number three is the fight. We fight the good fight of faith, Ryan. We don't, we don't battle flesh and blood either. Uh, step number four is the climb. The climb can take some time. You're climbing now. You've, you've, you've got the dream. You've, you've got it in your hand, the vision. You, you've, of course, taken that leap. You, you do the fight, you know. If you've got to watch the uh, Rocky movies, whatever you got to do. The first Rocky movie, get excited. Uh, then, of course, we have the, after the fight is the climb. And last but not least, Ryan, is you arrive, you know, you arrive. So once again, it's not about the, the destination. It's about the journey. So that's just a free little gift for all of you listening uh, in your own personal life. We have lived this out of Beit Tehillah. And that's where we're at on this particular example of those five steps. You know, we've, we've founded Beit Tehillah on that. We have a, a beautiful community based on that. And now we're actually believing for the restoration and regathering of the whole house of Israel. And so when it comes to uh, it being introduced to the Orthodox Jewish people to respect Judaism, uh, this is definitely a dream or a vision. Uh, we take the leap, they're coming, and now there's a fight, you know, there's a fight. And, uh, and now we're climbing, but we are going to arrive, Ryan. Uh, we're going to switch gears here now. It's kind of interesting because uh, there's a fight going on right now in the midst of America even when it comes to gun control and everything else like that. Uh, but I will say, uh, even in regards to civil war, ethnic cleansing, uh, racism, but, uh, you know, you could take all this and, and put it in the, in, in the group of the giants. It's interesting. In the east part of, of the Jordan River, we have King Sion of Heshbon would not allow the children of Israel to pass through his land, so he was defeated by Israel. They, they came in peace. They said, let us pass through. You know, it's kind of like you and I, Ryan, or, or anybody else listening to this podcast. We just want our inheritance. We wish you no harm. But if people engage us, Ryan. Watch out. The Lord wills. <laughs> the Lord wills. I'm just saying, don't get in our way. Oh, yeah. We don't wish no harm. We're not here to hurt anyone, right? right? We're going after our inheritance. That's good, isn't no, it? No, and as a matter of fact, we're trying to bring people with us, right? So it's, yeah. it's not only do we not wish harm, we want people to know the Lord Jesus Christ, to know Yeshua to come and be part of the family with us and come join us in getting their inheritance well, too. Well, you know, this is actually a, a flesh and blood king, King Sion of Heshbon. Oh, no, okay? I get that part. I'm saying it's flesh and blood, we're, but we we're, don't battle we're, flesh and blood. We're looking today at, at it, right? I mean, No, no, but what I'm saying is that the enemy doesn't want us. They won't let us pass through. No, he certainly doesn't. You know, you think about, they, they don't want Jews coming over here from Israel in, into our church. They know something's up because this has never been heard of before. 
You're talking 2,000 years of anti-Semitism. Uh, once again, Israel took the cattle and the spoil of the cities. That's what I say. Hey, you get in my way, I'm getting your goods. I'm getting your stuff. You know, that, that's incredible when you think about it. So here we have uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 2. Once again, David killed the lion and the bear before he killed the giant. So you've got to have some experience under your belt, everyone. And if you're skittish and you're kind of pulling back and you're not really, you don't really like people, you don't want to really do anything as a community, you got to be healed of that. Amen. God created 12 tribes, not one tribe. So continuing on in this beautiful battle, uh, I guess I want to read. Can I read, Ryan? Uh, uh, it would be my great pleasure and then, to allow you And to then read. if we need Conan, we can call him up. Um, but here's, here's a very interesting reading that we're going to do. Uh, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, Israel defeats Og. Oh, yeah, here we go. All right. All right, it's story time with Pastor Nick. Gather around, kids. <laughs> then we turned and went up the way to Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edrei. And the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all his people, and his land into thy hand. And thou shalt do unto him as thou didst unto Sion, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. So the Lord our God delivered into our hands Og, also the king of Bashan, and all his people. Oh, and we smote him until none was left to him remaining. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we took not from them. Three score cities, all the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og and Bashan. All these cities were fenced with high walls, gates, and bars. Beside unwalled towns, a great many. And we utterly destroyed them, as we did unto Sion, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the cattle and the spoil of the cities we took for a prey to ourselves. And we took at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites the land that was on this side Jordan, from the river of Arnon unto Mount Hermon, which Hermon the Sidonians call Sirion, and the Amorites call it Shanir. All the cities of the plain, and all Gilead, and all Bashan unto Salkah and Edrei, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Reboth of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. That's a big bed. The Lord wills! Yeah. Wow, wow. King Og of Bashan. He was the remnant of the giants. Uh, another name in the Hebrew would be the Nephilim. Man, this bed was pretty big. You know what I'm saying? Nine cubits in length and four cubits in breadth or width. So think about what a cubit is. It's your little middle finger to your elbow is basically a cubit. So that's a decent sized bed if you know what I'm saying. So here we have... So it's estimated that Og was between 9 and 13 feet tall based on the size of the... The Nephilim. Yeah. You know, let me throw this little plug out there for you. If you're looking for a resource, like I said, I, I've been... I've been in the Word and been a Christian for 23 years, and I've, I've researched many, many things. If you really want a good resource, if you want a good teacher in regards to the giants and Nephilim, L.A. Marzulli is your man. You need to check out L.A. Marzulli's material. We actually had him here 
at Bait to Gila. And we have a DVD set. If you're interested in, in, in buying it or getting it, call the office and we'll make sure that you get it. We actually had Ellie Marzulli here and it was astounding. Also, uh, there was a lot of pastors as well. We had all pro pastors uh, helping to put this on as well. And uh, we got an education. I'm telling you right now, there are some things going on in the earth today uh, that's pretty, pretty dark, you know, in regards to the Nephilim. And we're not going to get into all that. But Ryan, do you have anything to share on regards of that subject matter with uh, L.A. Marzulli? I will, I will say this. Um, I think a lot of people in mainstream Christian circles are resistant to either look into it because they think it's kooky or weird. Um, all I can say is I'm right there with you. I, you know, I, I generally try to, to avoid the controversial topics, but when it comes to the Nephilim, when they start finding the bones of, of you know, these entities that are 12 feet tall or, or whatever, um, and you start seeing, wow, there's archaeological evidence for the stories in the Bible, not just that there was a building here or there was a battle there or, you know, whatever, but there's also of giants and their, their carcasses that are, you know, buried. Um, that, that leads you to, to kind of believe the story, not as an allegory, but as an actual literal story that his bed was, you know, the size of a bed of a man between nine and 13 feet tall. That's pretty darn big. I've never met a nine foot man in person. So, you know, uh, that book by Can Carl you imagine Gallops? going to battle like that? No, the, the gentleman, Carl Gallops, uh, who I, I enjoy his research. Um, you know, he was making reference that, you know, when you're committing idolatry, you're worshiping demons. Because they're the ones that are setting it up. Think about it, everyone. If you don't serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you are serving demons. Yeah. You're serving Hasatan. And, and it's even established, even, even he's the prince of this world. He is the prince of this world. And when Yeshua was tempted, the devil wanted to give him all these things. Yeshua didn't say, this is not for you to give. Because see, he's the prince of this world, Ryan. That's why we want to come out of the world. You want to come out of the world. I thank God, you know, for, for him giving us the Torah and writing it on our minds and hearts for now we can take action. I, I really believe, Ryan, God is going to use us to really educate and help the church. I help agree. people that want the conversation. Like, what is going on? Why has this world gone mad? You know, sure. why is there so much confusion? That here, here we have the whore of Babylon actually riding the beast. And Ryan, it says in the wilderness. Now, what happened to that generation at Baal Peor there was whoredom. Right. There was sexual immorality that occult. led to yeah. idolatry. Yep. You know, and so once again, you know, think about it. This is this is this is heavy stuff. So once again, check out L.A. Marzulli. You won't be disappointed. He's a, he's a good man, and I really had a good time with him. So. I will say also that um, that is one of the the ways that that many people come into the Hebrew roots. So I, I've seen a few several different means where people find the Hebrew roots. Like I found it through watching a teaching on, on the pagan roots of, of the mainstream Christian holidays. And the, the basic concept for me was pagan ways bad, Bible ways good, right? I, I understood that as a basic concept. Other people look at it from a perspective of, hey, I've actually never seen the Hebrew and stuff behind some of these stories that are in, you know, in the Torah. Wow, Nephilim, oh my goodness. Wow, the, the seed of Satan versus the seed of, of the woman. Oh my gosh. And then it talks about it in the end times. And oh, by the way, it, it says it in, you know, Genesis six. And then again, in, in, in revelation and, and in Jude, like, how do I, you know, reconcile all of this? And they go back, they start reading the Bible in a different way. And in it, you know, that, that rabbit trail turns right. into, wow, there's relevance to these things. Even today, even these stories that were told, oh my goodness, these things are going to happen again. Look at these prophecies in between the Torah and the new Testament. And then how some of them were fulfilled, but not all of them were fulfilled. And there's still things that are to come. 
You know, it's interesting. Those, those evangelicals that we are associated with are kingdom-minded, Ryan. Yes. It's about the kingdom of God, everyone. And so if you haven't noticed, there's a fight going on before they go into the promised land. There's temptation. There's sexual immorality. There's idolatry. There, there's giants in the land. There's giants outside the land. So what I'm saying to those of you that are listening, we need to know our enemy. We need to know what we're up against. You know, we just had a bunch of mass shootings in El Paso and, of course, in Dayton. And Dayton, Ohio is where I was born, Ryan. Oh, and here wow. it was late at night. It was, it was people were clubbing and everything. But what I'm saying, it was 1.30 in the, in the, in the morning, I believe. But uh, many, many people perished, you know. And that spirit of murder is everywhere. You know, that fear, you Absolutely. know. And, and so I just want to encourage all of you that, that God's perfect love will cast out all fear. His perfect love casts out fear. You know, and that's what drives a lot of people is fear. And we should never do anything out of fear, but out of obedience and wisdom to be led by the Holy Spirit, not to be driven. You know, I've, I've talked with people and I know people personally that actually went off the grid and thought this is the thing to do and just isolate yourself and protect it. And it was fear driven, you know, and you don't want to have fear. You want to have faith. See, we have to know how the enemy works. And in our obedience, we get the inheritance. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like anything, Ryan. We get the goods. We get the good stuff. So you can't withdraw. You can't go into a fetal position. You can't just withdraw. You cannot do that. You have to engage the enemy to get your inheritance. Matter of fact, the church of Corinth, in one of Paul's letters, he said, I have a door of hope that's been opened to me, but there's an adversary at the door. Right. So people will shrink back thinking, oh, good, I feel better now. You just went, what you did is you just got a, a relief, relief in the, the flesh. flesh. Yeah. You didn't get a release in the spirit. Right. So I'm charging ahead, everyone. Keep me in your prayers. I, I got hit pretty hard this week, but you know what? Uh, I'm back. We and both you know got what? hit with the same thing, which is it's, weird. It's just a spirit of infirmity. We come against it. Amen. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen. We do not settle for any infirmities. Hallelujah. Okay. By his stripes, we are healed. So that's where we're at on that. So once again, we've engaged the enemy. We have to avoid uh, certain relatives are right. But but here's here's where it gets very interesting. <laughs> got to avoid some relatives. But anyway. <laughs> How like relevant that. for today. Oh, yeah. Let's avoid those relatives. <laughs> don't, don't engage them. That's a, oh, what a wicked web yeah, Don't weave. battle with your relatives. So check this out. So here we go. This is all about working together. Remember, what did Jesus say? Hey, if you're not against me, you're for me. Yeah. Now, here we go. Uh, we have three tribes that received their inheritance east of the Jordan River. We have Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh on the east side of the Jordan River. Now, they received their inheritance, uh, which is kind of interesting, you know, uh, how that worked out, how that played out. Um, but, of course, the three tribes had to cross the Jordan and help the other tribes fight in order that they could receive their inheritance as well. So this is the revelation that I got, Ryan. Think about this. So those three tribes had to cross the Jordan River, leave their little ones and their herds and their women, and they had to go and fight for the other tribes so that they could get their inheritance. So what I'm seeing is this. Who's not to say that we aren't to come alongside the Jewish people and help them fight anti-Semitism? What if we have a, a place established, a Beit Tehillah Israel, where you know we're, we're in the land and we, we occupy a section or, or part of it and we are good advocates and ambassadors of the land of Israel and, and, and of course, loving the Jewish people? What a great neighbor they could have to help protect the vineyards or, or whatever it is, Ryan. Yeah. You know, because there's agricultural terrorism. You know, the, they go in and slash these these vineyards, and it takes three years to grow them back. And they just start over. You know, this one uh, uh, family had a honey business. 
they suffocated all the bees, turned over all the honeycombs, you know, all the, all the, the honey boxes, and, uh, and they just start over. You know, they start over. The enemy is always doing things out of spite, you know. And so what I love about this particular portion of scriptures is that we are called to be our brother's keeper. You know, we'll be going into the book of Genesis here pretty soon. And uh, what did Cain say? What am I, my brother's keeper? Of course you are. You are your brother's keeper. You should watch out for one another. And I love this. In Deuteronomy 3.22, it says, Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. Wow. He shall fight for you. The Lord your God, he will fight for you you. And so once again, uh, as we look at that in, in closing here, we have, of course, uh, why is it important to know how to do spiritual warfare? Ephesians 6.10. Let's check it out. Ephesians 6.10. You know, spiritual warfare is, I think, something, uh, again, important. We live in a, in a, a spiritual world um, and where the spiritual and the natural mirror each other. And I think a lot of times what we do is, is we, we look at things just by what we see but we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. That's good. So, so here we go. In Ephesians 6.10, and, and this is very important that you guys understand this. You are not battling flesh and blood. Check this out. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. Those are his little tricks. Yeah. His little scheme. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And it talks about putting on the armor of God. I'm not going to get into all that. But you know, it's very interesting. Uh, one of the pieces uh, that you put on here, uh, I love this. It says right here, uh, let's see here. It says, which is what I really, really love. Here we go. Above all, taking the shield of faith, Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield of faith, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That is, you have to believe. Remember? Unbelief kept people out of the promised land. That's right. Uh, let's look at James 4 7. I got it right here. James 4 7. Go ahead says, and read it. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then uh, 1 Peter 5 8 and 9. And above all things, have. Nope, that's five. That's six. That's four, eight. Sorry. Five, eight, nine. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That's awesome. So I would say this, you know, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion Devarim or words in Deuteronomy chapter one, verse one through chapter three, uh, Verse 22, what two lessons can be learned? I would say number one, uh, you have to have good leadership and delegation. Number one, good leadership and delegation. I would say that's step one. Uh, of course, step number two is to be kingdom minded, work together with others for the kingdom of God. You know, uh, it's twofold. So once again, elders, leaders, and delegation. Number two, Kingdom-minded, work together, don't work apart, you know, don't bash the church, and of course, work together. So I've got a couple, a couple things here um, that I gathered. Uh, my first one 
uh, comes from Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 8. And uh, it says here, Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. Uh, Galatians 3.29 says that if you are in Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. And so uh, I'm just connecting the dots. I'm going to let you guys make whatever interpretation of that that you will. Uh, But you probably heard us before on the podcast if you're uh, a listener. Uh, The second thing is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 22. The last words of this Torah portion are, Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. And um, uh, the fact that he will fight for you is awesome. So here's the question that I have for you. Knowing that God goes before you and fights for you when you're in his will and you're doing what he's told you to do, what are you avoiding that God has told you to do? And, you know, I just want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast. You know, Ryan and I were talking about Christians with Torah, CWTs, you know, uh, it's time that we have common sense. It's time that we're mature and responsible. Remember, remember this, everyone. It was Joshua, a fellow Ephraimite, that led him into the promised land. Judah's not going to grab us and take us and bring us into the land. It's going to be Ephraim, mature and responsible people. Remember, who is Ephraim? He's, he's, He's different ethnic groups all around the world that's coming out of the nations that wants to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because Torah is written on his mind and his heart and he's a wild branch. Amen. You're like Baskin Robbins. That's what it is. Ephraim is like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors. Amen. 31 flavors. So we really appreciate you guys listening. And I'll tell you, if you could, you know, Ryan will give you the information, but if you could actually give towards this podcast or give towards Bait Tehillah, it's really going to help us to do some other things that we want to do as well, uh, perhaps videos and some other things as well. But it, it also helps to meet operating costs here at the church. And once again, a, a dollar, five dollars, whatever, Ryan will tell you how you can actually give towards this podcast and once again we appreciate you listening and sharing this and getting it out i I told ryan uh as of now we're finishing up deuteronomy we're in deuteronomy but uh the beginning but we've had over seventeen thousand podcast listens yeah uh in almost two seasons so we still got deuteronomy but uh i am so thankful for all of you that are listening uh god has really put this on our heart and once again this is about no no man or ministry but this is about the word of god we are promoting Torah as Christians. So Ryan, share with them how they could actually give if they get a chance to. Yeah, if they go to twopraise.net slash donations, um, or you can just go to twopraise.net in the middle of the page, there's four links. One of them says donate, uh, and you can donate right there on our website. Uh, and he's he is correct. Uh, it does help us out a lot. Um, and then if you want to designate that you're a podcast listener and not a local member of Beit Tehila, there is a memo section at the bottom. Just type in their podcast, or if you want to tell us a story or or whatever, um, you know your your gifts definitely help us do what we're doing here today and help us continue doing it for the future. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Um, if you want to reach out to me, it's Ryan at twopraise.net. Ryan R Y A N at twopraise.net. Uh, you can reach me there. Uh, you can also call the office at 813-654-2222. And then uh, last but not least, if you want to live stream our services online, you can go to our website at twopraise.net and then hit the live tab. Or uh, you can go to any of our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope. I think Pastor Russell, who does a great job with our media, does a, a bunch of different places. So wherever your preference is, you can probably get our live stream there every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you guys. Have a great week.